Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to The Hang. In this episode, I was fortunate enough to steal some time with actress, writer, and producer Eliza Jackson. We initially sat down for my first episode with Lambert Jackson, where Eliza is one half of the producing duo with Jamie. After we finished that podcast, I asked Eliza to stay back while Jamie had a meeting to go to. Eliza and I worked together on the UK premiere of Dr. Zhivago. Now, I was fascinated by Eliza and how she worked, how she handled the production and putting things together, even how she noted some of the actors with some guidance here and there, including myself. I think Eliza is quite an exceptional woman, and many incredible things are going to come from Eliza, and of course, the producing duo Lambert Jackson. Her one-woman show, The Voice Behind the Stars about Marnie Dixon, was something she penned whilst in hospital recovering from a life-threatening illness. I was inspired by her tenacity and drive and her, just her sheer willpower. Eliza has moxie. I was moved by the way her mother was there to inspire her and encourage her, to give her face to just try, just write. I'm so excited for more people to get to know Eliza Jackson. Hi. Okay, Eliza, we're going to hang a bit more now we got... Jamie's out Jamie, of the picture. Jamie had to go. Finally. <laughs> but I do, I find you very inspiring. And I, I I know your training. And when we got to work together on Dr. Zhivago, your ideas, as you weren't the director, but you also had a lot of creativity, input, yeah, create, creative input. And you speak, you were speaking a language. I was like, oh, I, I want to be guided by you yes. a bit more. And then knowing Amazing. what you do as a producer and a writer, like there's a lot of... I hate this phrase because it reminds me of David Brent, but strings to your bow. But rightfully so. You, you, how did you even? How does it start? Where did you? you so you you came into this to be an actor. Yeah. So I yeah I trained in music theatre back at NIDA in Australia, and I was always terrible at improv classes. Improvisation was like totally not my thing to the point that I remember my improv teacher at drama school told me that I was never going to get a job and never going to get married. Literally, she said never going to get married because she hated the sound of my voice so much. That literally, obviously, still pains me to this day. What but, kind of thing is that to, st- to say to someone? And she's like one of the like best of the best teachers. But in- surely now you know that's just, you know, you know what I always tell my kids, what you say about other people says a lot about you. Totally. And so it we was know a she's going through something. Her. Exactly. Mm. But so for a long time, I thought to myself, 
well, I clearly am not a creative person. I can't create my own work. Because actually my mum came to me the year I finished drama school, so end of 2010, and she was like, I think you should write this story about Marnie Nixon. And I was like, that sounds really interesting, but mum, I can't write. But at that point, were you like, who's that? No idea. Had no idea who she so your was. Mom d- my mum knew, because my mum's like, she is amazing. She's like, definitely the reason I got into theatre, but she has no theatre background at all. She just used to love the big old movie musicals, used to take me to the theatre all the time, used to take me to the ballet. That was, she's really into making sure that you're really culturally rounded. So we used to go to art galleries on the weekend and that kind of thing. It was, she's a really cool person. And what does your mum do if you don't mind me asking? Um, so she's a stay at home mum. That's what she, well, she used to be a nurse and then um, was a mum and like the most incredible mum to my brother and I. Now she's an incredible grandmother. But within that, she's very creative. She used to make um, costumes. I used to do a lot of dancing and a lot of performance since the age of three. So she, Made all the costumes. And I'm talking like full-on West End level costumes. Mm -hmm. They're incredible. To this day, like I have um, quite a few friends who work the drag scene over here and she makes a lot of their costumes now, does like one-off pieces for them and things, which she's really, really cool. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was her. She knew about money. She'd read an article about her or something and she was like, this is really cool. Did you know about her? She bought me her biography and I just put it away. I didn't even read it. I was like okay, cool, that's a nice idea, but I can't write. Like, don't be ridiculous. And then a couple of years ago I was thinking about writing and I couldn't, I, you know, was still like umming and ahhing whether I was going to be good enough. But I ended up having to have massive surgery on my hip. So I was out of action. Like, couldn't go to dance classes, couldn't be auditioning. What caused that? Uh, long story, but I had a very weird form of cancer. Um, this was a few years back. Um, I think that sums it up right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. And so I'm actually really lucky that they found it because they thought it was something else and blah, blah, blah. But men, I was out of action. Mm-hmm. And I was basically not bed rest, but I, I couldn't move a lot. Like walking was really hard. And then even after surgery, it was a long, slow process, literally t- teaching myself how to walk again, lots of rehab, all that. Anyway, and I was like, I'm going to go mental if I can't do something with my brain because – I have a, I'm very creative. I've got lots of ideas and things. I need to be like using this energy towards something good mm-hmm. so that I don't just like get a bit depressed. Um so mum was like, I know you don't think you can write, but like who cares? Why don't you just try it? And if it's shit, nothing needs to happen. Like it's great. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll write to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival with the idea. So it's just an idea this way. You haven't the- even put Anything to paper. Nothing to paper. And uh, the assembly rooms, which is like one of the best venues up in Edinburgh. We're like, we want this. We've given you this prime wait, slot. Wait, slow down. Because this is, this is me asking as a fan now. And I am I know it's going to inspire. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to inspire people. Amazing. So you're sat there and you you knew about the assembly room yeah. as the place to be. Yeah. You found the... Uh, the right email to yeah. write to. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. You have to, um, when you're applying to Edinburgh, you have to write to the different venue kind of groupings. And so I wrote off to a couple of them, but the one that I really wanted was the assembly rooms. And you said, hi, I was I'm like, just hi. getting over cancer. I'm no, like- miss that bit out. No <laughs> one needs to know that. And I was just like, I've got this idea. I think it could really work. It's a fully fledged piece. I just completely lied. I was like, it's written. It's done. Um, here's you a little said- overview. 
Wait, okay, yeah. I'm keep I'm just blown away. I know. Go it on. Was, it was Here's a little bit cheeky. Because I was like, and this is this is what it's about. She's an incredible woman. I think it's and it was that was the year it was in twenty eighteen. Is that right? Not yeah, twenty eighteen, so last year in the August. Hang um on. this hip slash cancer operation, how long ago was this? Um it was uh, end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Holy crap, Liza. Yeah, I know. But it was one of those, like, moments in life. It wasn't like a, oh, I'm going to shift my life and, like, start all over and change careers and all that stuff. But it was a little bit of a reevaluation. Like, okay, I have – I've been handed so much on a silver platter. Do something with your life. And I know I'm not, like, saving people's lives, creating theatre with Jamie, but it was definitely – when we started having conversations about the company and that's when it all kind of came to life because we were like, we need to do something with our lives that make us feel like we're achieving and that we're giving something to the world. Like we can make even the tiniest difference if we can bring joy to people and also kind of reshape theatre. Like we have so many exciting ideas on what we want to do and like one day hope to be producing on the West End or worldwide and that was kind of the time when all of that was starting to happen because I think it was all happening because we were like, oh, life's short. Do something with it. Like, yeah. Oh, man. This um, is, you're amazing. Uh, I mean, hardly. Okay. So you said, I've written this amazing show. Yeah. Play. Yeah. And well, it's a play with music. Right. That's, of course. Yeah. And here's the overview. And at this point, you don't even know if you can use the songs. Uh, I literally hadn't done any. I had read her biography at this point. Actually, I think it was even halfway through. And because I was, I was just so sure they would knock me back, and they'd be like, "Oh no, we don't have any space, or it's not the show for us, or whatever." So you and go, they were "Mom, like, I tried. Leave me yeah, alone." <laughs> exactly. And then um, they were like, "Yeah, cool. We've got this prime spot for you. It's like in this beautiful space, and we want you to do the whole month." And was it like a one one page overview? Yeah, not even. It was kind of just like a paragraph about Marnie, and I was like, "And I've written this show. It's a one woman show. It's the year of the woman. 2018 was the year of the woman. I was like, and this is like, she's a powerful, strong, incredible woman. Her story should be told. And they were like, yeah, we believe you. Which you wholeheartedly believed in after you read the biography. Oh, 100%. So that's not an Oh, no, that, I'm not here. questioning that at all. So but, they said, giddy up, let's do it. Yeah. And then like sign the contracts, go and get your press shots done. Oh, no, they were like, oh, you've got press shots. Yeah, because we need them for the, um, to enter it into the fringe program and all this stuff. In like two weeks' time. Yeah, and like any actor. Yeah, I've got loads. Yeah, done, yeah done, I done. can ride a horse. So no problem. So I was like, shit, running around like a crazy <laughs> person. Like, who can do my press shots? Like, trying to get a wig that's a perfect, like, red. She had, like, this fiery red hair that was, like, in this gorgeous kind of Julie Andrews look. Finding a costume, finding all this stuff to get press shots done. So it's a one-woman show? One-woman show, yeah. Forgive me, you probably said it, but I'm just, there's so much awesomeness coming my way. I'm, like, trying to process it <laughs> all in a very short space of time. <laughs> So now, not only is it you haven't written it, it's a woman sh- woman show. Yeah. You're putting together. Yeah. And at this stage, it's about, so like that process, I think January is when you submit. We started hearing back, I think in March time, things are, I, that's right, my big surgery. So I was having radiotherapy, then my big surgery was in April and I had to get You're still the, going through all that? No, no, that was. That was before, yes, that was before all then. that. Okay. Um, no, I'm actually. Almost two years clear, Fantastic. which is really good. Um, no, but April was the big surgery. So I had to have everything in before then. So I had to have my press shots and 
promo video and all of that done. And I still had basically not written a show yet. Well, that's what I mean. But during yeah. that, you're oh, still yeah, going through that. that. Yeah. This is when I was, I was doing my radiotherapy and I was going home and I was writing the show at the same time. But yeah. It was insane. Probably, was probably the best medicine. A hundred percent. And I would go in every day because I had um, radio every day. I mean, my cancer process was, I was very lucky. It was like, I didn't, on the outside, I was like pretty cool. Like I had, I had an, enough energy. I could still get around. I didn't have to have chemotherapy. So like, I still, like people have a much worse cancer time than I did. Um, but still, it was pretty tricky. I was pretty tired. Had to go to the hospital every day. Mm-hmm. But the radio girls were incredible. They were like, so, like, where are you up to with the writing and all this stuff? And it was, like, the thing that would keep me motivated and, and excited. And accountable in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. Now you're, like, you've told people, well. I know. I have to do it now. And they were, like. You can't tell them you've quit or stop. Literally. So it had to happen. And by this time, I'd signed contracts with Edinburgh Fringe. When you signed the contracts, how much of the script was done? Uh, the first draft was maybe halfway done. And I did 11 drafts. and till it was the finished product and then I booked myself in in June to do a like friends and family show um where I just had like 30 people come had feedback forms I like totally blanked twice because it was like the first time I'd done it with like how long is the show it's a one hour show one hour show just me on stage um and I do so Marnie Nixon was famous for being able to impersonate these actors so that it was seamless it would be sometimes, say, Marilyn Monroe would sing one line and then Marnie would come in and just, like, continue the line and keep going and no one would ever know unless you, like, totally broke it down. So I had to learn how to impersonate Marnie impersonating these people. So I had also sold this show on the fact that I could do these impersonations, which I actually had genuinely no idea <laughs> if I could do it or not, which was slightly insane. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, press pause for a second. Yeah. You've now committed to it. So as a writer, for anyone listening or even for myself, I get such, I want to write more. I want to be able to express myself more, whether as a songwriter or there's, there's an idea of a a story of about this amazing woman that I'll yeah. talk to you about afterwards, which I think you should write, not me. But <laughs> how does one then, what was your first step? How, how did you know what this is the first so I did scene a, I want to write? I did a crazy amount of research. I had basically a whole notebook. The best thing about Marnie was her story all came out um, later on in her life. Mm-hmm. So she did a whole heap of press for it. So there's so much footage of her um, in interviews and 
in in show, like shows her own one woman show and things that she did later on in life. So I watched all of that. I read her. She has an autobiography as well as other biographies. I did. I found all these articles online. So I had literally all the knowledge. Then I sat down and I basically wrote almost the whole draft of the the first draft in one day. Because it's and not I just away when it comes out, it comes out. That's the thing, and because I'd been. It was much easier because I could hear her voice in my head because I'd been listening to it on these YouTube videos. So you sit down and what's, if you can talk me through, what was yeah. the, f I'm in the audience watching show, what is the first introduction? What is the first scene? What's the first thing so you tell So you us? hear, um, the, and I knew this is how I wanted to start. I started off stage and you just hear little clips of the songs that you know. So like tiny bits of I Could Have Danced On Act, tiny bits of um, Maria, um, her singing Maria from yeah. West Side Story, um, Sound of Music, uh, Marilyn Monroe, just tiny little snippets so that people start going, hang on, I know that song. Wait, why Why is that song being played? If Because they sh lots of people who came along to see the show had no idea. Right. And then I walked on and was like... What's the first thing Marnie says? Um, it, the final clip was um, uh, Audrey Hepburn's I Could Have Danced All Night. And she turns to the audience and she talks about how she loved Audrey, but it was a pity she couldn't sing. And that's where I came in. And then I told her story, basically. So, yeah, it was cool. It was magic. The way the whole thing came together. And then I brought on a director that I just absolutely adore, Ian Good. And he and I have worked together before. And I was just like, okay, we've got basically no time. I basically can't walk. Can you help me put this together? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so he was like, he would come to my house. I would have, like, my whole leg up on, like, propped up on a chair with like ice packs and stuff and we would be reworking the show it was insane and when the show came and you were doing it were you in pain then were you able to no uh i can remember friends and family show i was still hobbling a little bit so marnie had a bit of a hobble too mm -hmm. um and then i did a because you're only if you're taking up your show to the edinburgh fringe festival and it's a world premiere um you can only do a certain amount of tryout shows before you take it up so i think it's like three or something so I did three shows before I went up and then did a month run um yeah and I worked with Johnny Dickey who's the sound designer that you work with all the time you've known him since then yeah so that's when I met Johnny and then oh, he man. and then it all kind of came together and he so he went to Edinburgh with me and actually he was the only thing that kept me sane up there because Jamie was still in London but we were obviously producing it together but I was producer on hand mm -hmm. as well as being the actress as well as having like written it then we were doing all the marketing everything and I, have you ever been up to the fringe like even just no, to see it no okay you need to go up but it is there's three and a half thousand shows yeah that's what i hear there are the most people i've ever seen crammed into the smallest space it's like the most exciting thing ever but it's mental i lost my voice for two days we had to cancel the shows no. and i was literally devastated i i can remember johnny was like holding me because i i came in i was like no i can do it i can do it like I, but this is like soaring soprano like you can't just blag no. it and then i can remember i rang my director and he was like can we do it that you speak sing it like and i was like but it's, that's not the show like she's a singer um and i can remember i had all the, the audience were literally lining up outside and we were doing my sound check last minute and I couldn't sing it and I literally burst into tears and I can remember Morris, Johnny, pressure. oh my God, the pressure. It was insane. Um, yeah, but it was it was an incredible experience. Got some amazing reviews, which then 
let us to be able to do the full tour of Australia. And, and was that you in the tour of Australia? Yeah. As well? This is how proud were you to do there? It was pretty special, especially Sydney. Um, so we played the Seymour Centre in Sydney, which is a really, really cool, innovative space. Um, and there was one night in, in particular. I think it was a two hundred and fifty seater. Um, so like super intimate. Um, and it was literally just friends and family. And I burst into tears afterwards. I literally, I can still remember it was like the most incredible feeling because. Doing it over here and to people I've never met before is amazing. But then, like, you'll know this feeling when you perform for your family and friends, especially because I'd been over here and I'd been really sick. So, like, a lot of these friends and family hadn't seen me since they'd heard that I was I had gone through that whole thing. And so to see me doing this show, hopefully well, and that I was better from, like, the couple of years of shit, was I think it was pretty special for everyone, so... I am blown away by this. I mean, it's so funny. My parents have my poster from the show in, so they've got a, a flat that they stay in in London and then they've got their house in Sydney. And in both houses, there's my poster on the wall, Too like right. framed. I want it in my phone to remind <laughs> me if I'm, keep going, keep inspired, and just, just do it. I mean, it's very small scale, but the best thing about it was that it led Jamie and I to this company um, because we were like, oh, we produce that. Oh, we can do this. Like this is this is what we're so, yeah. our jam. So I guess when you were producing for the first time, you were just learning on the job. Yeah, which was terrifying. But at the same time, the fringe has they give you. It's kind of like um, permission to fail at the fringe. Amazing. Which is so cool, and I think that's why so many brilliant things start like Fleabag have you seen Fleabag the TV series yeah that started at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that's what as, I hear as a one woman show so but I think it, it's easier to take something up there because if everything goes wrong you kind of just like blend into the three and a half thousand other shows but if everything mm. goes right then you can just like springboard it from there so it's quite a cool quite, you need to go up there just to go and like experience there. we'll go together yeah I'd, like the, I'd rather go with someone with experience because okay. I'd, I'd be like, well, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like there's so many shows. You just don't know what to see and what to do, but it's fun. Are you writing now? Um, I'm – oh, actually, well, I just wrote um, – I was working with Marsha Norman, who's the um, – she wrote the script for Secret Garden. Yeah. So and Bridges I, of Madison County, right? Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, she's incredible. Pulitzer Prize winner. Hmm. Um, and so I um, – we've adapted her script from Secret Garden um, – for our concert version, and I wrote the narration. Amazing. And we just got it back yesterday, and she has basically fully approved it with, like, tiny little amendments. So and that's I, a bit of writing. And I don't know if of. you can um, talk about this. We can easily cut it out. But when we do it, is there going to be – are we performing scenes as well? You'll have – it'll be like Dr. Zhivago. So right. there'll be some scenes. Right. There's, like, sections of scenes, and then there'll be narration. So just to wrap it up, and this <laughs> is something I can take away as well, and as well as everyone else mm. – what what do you recommend if someone has an idea? Because I I love how, God bless your mom, that she. Because I believe sometimes just start inspiration yep. will come. Yeah. And then once that comes, it just keeps snowballing. Hundred percent. I guess there perhaps is the answer, but yeah. What do you? What would you say? Like if I have this idea, or someone has an idea, it was pretty helpful for me to have the deadline that I needed That's to it. have something done by. Put yourself yeah. in a corner. Um, I don't know if that works for everyone, but I work really well under pressure. That's kind of the only time I get good stuff done is when I know I have to have something done by a certain time. So for me, that was helpful. Also, having done the huge amount of preparation that I'd done. So if you're writing about 
someone who actually existed or a mm. historical event. You need to know everything about them. Yeah, I was taking for granted the the prep. That that prep has to be done. Essential, and I think also you have to be obsessed with the idea. Like yeah. I was obsessed with Marnie for like three years. And I still am obsessed with her. Like we met with a director this morning about another project and he was like, oh, you did a show about Marnie Nixon. I knew Marnie. And I was like, oh my God, please tell me everything. This is Sean Kerrison. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, he worked with her on My Fair Lady. He did a US tour and she came back in as the older old Mrs. Higgins when she was like 80. And so he worked with her then and he was telling me all these stories. And I was like, oh, if only I knew this, I could have put it in the show. And I really want to see the show back on his feet. So it remains as a one-woman show, a, a one-act yeah. show. It's Yeah, it's one-woman show, one act. It's 55 minutes. It is, there will be a life to it. And the best thing is it'll either be me who carries it on I could hand it over to someone else. Like, it's... Um, Can I help produce this in New York? Uh, Let's get it to New York. I mean, it, that would be a dream come true, but it's the right thing. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But the thing is... Um, of course. I, I keep when I was When I was speaking to the, one of the main guys um, about the rights, he was like, we're really working on how this all works. Because I was like, I just... Like, coming from my perspective, how is anyone supposed to create anything nowadays? Like, there are so many roadblocks. And, like... You say you want people to be creating new work, but then people keep getting in the way. And he was like, I totally get it. We are trying to reshape how this right system works, but we need to make sure everyone is looked after, which I absolutely understand. But maybe in, say, five, ten years, there is <laughs> there is, um, a, I don't know, a way forward that's like a slightly different way. Is it just a Rogers and Hammerstein estate? That's pretty, no, it's everyone. It's everyone. Everyone. It's um, it's tricky because these songs are the songs that every single person knows. They're huge heavy hitters. It's not like it's some like lame song that no one's ever heard before. Right. So of course they've got to be precious with the rights, and I get that. Um, but I do think it's not the end of the show. There will be life for it. Um, but maybe it's just not the right time for it. Eliza, you are incredible. Uh, I mean, this has made me come across way better than I really am. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It Because well, it has, I guess. I don't know. Because maybe <laughs> what I'm trying to say is it's it's in you. You are authentic. You are inspiring. I was inspired by you before and I'm even more now. I feel like I just want to go right. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And I th what, what I think, if anyone is even listening to what I have to say, is that anyone can write. Because um, I really, for my whole life, thought I couldn't. Um, and even if that's the only piece of writing that is has any sort of success, and that tiny, small-scale success, like, everyone can write something if they're passionate enough about it. 
I'm grateful for you and I appreciate you. I have absolutely loved working with you and I can't wait to do Secret Garden. Thanks for hanging. Yay, thanks. Thanks everyone for hanging with myself and the incredible Eliza Jackson. She's one to look out for as a writer and as the producing duo Lambert Jackson. Take care, folks. The Hang is produced by Dory Barristine and Alan Seals from the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find me online at epn.fm forward slash The Hang. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karamlu, on YouTube, a roaming Iranian, or my Facebook page, official Ramin Karamlu. Music for my podcast is by my friends and one of my favorite bands, The Dives. Please check them out at their website, thedivesmusic.com. That's thedivesmusic.com, where you can get to know them, hear their incredible music, get links to all their socials, and most importantly, their tour dates, where you can find out where you can see and hear them live. They are truly a great band, and they are phenomenal live. Check them out. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>